0: Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day it is for you. Appreciate y'all giving me a little bit of your time today and each day, and we'll do work hard to use it wisely here. And for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, uh, I'm very grateful and humbled by that. Y'all are the reason that it y'all are the reason that it continues to grow, which it does. Uh, so thank you. Anytime you feel like sharing it with somebody, I would be appreciative, and hopefully, it helps y'all just a little bit, and hopefully, it helps our nation as a whole just a little bit. We're going to take one of our little walks. I thought the other day that some of y'all might be interested. Uh, I throw in this stuff every once in a while. We just hold our onions that we planted geez, late last year, I think, uh, within the last week or two. Uh, so we've got them set up kind of curing, not really anything fancy, folks, just on some paper sacks that have been spread out, and probably we'll pull the garlic pretty soon, too. We pulled the white potatoes, Irish potatoes, because I guess there are some white sweet potatoes, but we pulled them last week or so, too, also. Not a stellar crop this year of potatoes. Onions and garlic seem to be doing pretty good, but at any rate, we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. And we still have... We lost all of our turkey chicks, but we have seven, I think, chicken chicks. Now, uh, ironically, one of the turkeys is raising four of them. So, at any rate, I'll leave you alone. I have some other tidbits every once in a while. It's kind of windy. Hopefully, it's not too windy. that y'all can't pick all this up, assuming since you're here that you want to. We're going to go back to education. Uh, I think we talked about that last podcast, and I want to go back and hit on it from a different angle. I want to read, though, real quick, kind of what I ended with last time, or not what I ended with necessarily, but just a couple of comments from the Founders Bible that Barton, the editor, put in. For example, following the introduction of the new educational policy excluding the fear of the Lord, academic knowledge plummeted. So he's talking here again about going back to really going back to 47 and separation of church and state, but then going to 62, 63 and decisions by the Supreme Court after that about taking the Bible out of schools, prayer out of schools, Ten Commandments out of schools, And so you're going from a Christian-based education to a now completely secular-based education, which is what we have today in public education. Evidenced by the dramatic decline in college-bound student scholastic aptitude test SAT scores. Numerous recent international academic competitions. American high school students regularly finish last or near the last, or in the bottom half of students in math and science testing. In fact, one recent international testing found that although American elementary students perform above average when compared to their peers in other nations, junior high students perform only at average, and American high school students finished at the bottom, well below average. This sequence of results prompted one national education magazine to observe the longer U.S. students stay in school, the less they seem to know. That's going to be important. I'm going to come back to that in a minute, folks. Uh, Another measurement reflecting the change is that of illiteracy. Only a few decades ago, America had one of the world's highest literacy rates, but now ranks a dismal 65th in the world among its nearly 200 peer nations or other nations. And a number of actually third world nations currently post higher literacy rates than the United States. Yet, on the other hand, testing results routinely demonstrate that students who participate in faith-based education, whether at home, in Christian or parochial schools, score several grade levels higher than their counterparts in public school on the same academic test, regardless of demographic locations or socioeconomic status. And those students also score 40 points or more higher on the SAT test. The American education system is indeed learning from the harsh from harsh experience that the scriptures are accurate, and that the fear of the Lord is indeed the beginning of knowledge. That's a, including academic knowledge. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge is a quote. I think multiple places, but certainly in Proverbs, in a couple different places. So this is coming from Barton, and the reason I read it again real quick is because I'm going to compare it today. I'm going to go back to John Dewey. For those of y'all that have listened to this podcast for a while, uh, we have talked about him a couple times. It's been quite a while. And we'll come back to him because one of the things the Marine Corps always hammered was it's important not only to know yourself, but to know your enemy. You've got to know what they're thinking, what their goals are. The more you know about them, the the better prepared you are. Whether we want to admit it, we don't seem to as a nation today. Our greatest enemy, folks, is not Iran or China or Russia or anything external. It's our own fellow citizens that continue to support uh, evil, godless policies that go directly against our founding faith and principles based on the teachings of Christ in this Christian republic of America. And so you've got to know why, or try to know as much as you can. And so this man, John Dewey, who uh, I think everything I'm going to read today comes from the 20s, the 1920s, but he's considered the father or or the architect of modern public education in America. And I just thought, well, I really ought to do some time, and we'll come back and do this at some point. I need to Compare Dewey to Webster, who was considered the schoolmaster of America back in the 1800s, because there's a radical 180 degree black and white difference between what Webster said was important, which that education, that type of education led us up to be the greatest nation in the world. Versus what Dewey has said, which we've enacted over the last century, almost exactly, and is now destroying America and making the world less safe and darker. So we're going to run through. So this this particular what I'm pulling out of here is a book publication. I guess it's a book. Impressions of Soviet Russia written by Dewey. He went over there for a while, and this was, of course, in the 20s again, right after the Bolshevik Revolution. So a lot of turmoil. The communists were just starting to really take over, and they were one of the places, obviously, that he was focused on was education. And so I'm going to read through a couple of his comments so that we can see, well, you'll see the ties to today, how close it is to what the schools, what public education is doing today. It's it's really kind of frightening. So here's the first excerpt, uh, and this is under the chapter of what are Russian schools doing? The point may be illustrated by the bearing of school activity upon the family institution as that is conceived by the orthodox Marxian socialists, that throughgoing collectivists regard the traditional family as exclusive and isolating, in effect, and hence as hostile to a truly communal life, is too familiar to require rehearsal. Apart, however, from the effect of the oft cited Bolshevist modifications of marriage and divorce, the institution of the family is being sapped indirectly, rather than by frontal attack. Its historic supports, economic and ecclesiastical, are weakened." So what Dewey's saying here, he's talking about what the communists were doing, is they were going in and they were sapping the family unit, not directly, they weren't attacking them head on, but kind of from the side uh, via economy and and the Bible and, and faith and so we can see that today I was just talking to somebody recently uh, in fact earlier today about this we have been led to believe that we have to be a two-income society well a two-income society means that who is no longer at home raising and developing our children mom so now we send our kids off at age six weeks Or if you do wait until public school later on. But the point is that that for a huge percentage of the country, our children are no longer raised by us, by the parents. They're raised by someone at daycare for a number of years and then someone at public school or a number of someone's. The point being that the educational system, the government, the state, is now hugely responsible for raising our children. And you can make the argument that it's still the parents' priority, which I do all the time. It's, it's the, the responsibility still lays with the parents. But so what we've done is we've given that responsibility away. And so now our kids see us for, you know, what, maybe an hour in the morning, two or three hours in the afternoon, if we're lucky. Uh, more than that if you have a mother that stays at home and picks the kids up immediately after school when they're younger. But you're still giving these kids away, we are, to someone else to raise for seven to 12 or more hours a day, depending on the extracurricular activities. And it it all goes back to we think we have to have these the the feminist idea that we've got to have two incomes and women have to work outside the home. And then the ecclesiastical, the faith-based, even more so. We've taken God out, 1947, separation of church and state. And we have taken the Bible out of schools, the Ten Commandments out of schools, prayer out of schools. And our history and heritage, we've revised that so much that it's unrecognizable. And this is exactly what Dewey here is talking about the communists doing back in the 1920s, so 100 years ago. And then a little side note about uh, their, the Bolshevist modifications of marriage and divorce. He was saying, aside from the fact that they've made divorce much easier and OK, and, and made marriage much less of an important unit to the country, well, do we not see that today, too, through no-fault divorce for decades of that, Right. Uh, You see, all you've got to do, I say this frequently on the podcast, go walk in a school, pick a school, wherever you are across the country, pick a school and go talk to, (laughs) go walk the halls for a couple weeks if they'll let you. But if they won't, which is kind of interesting, a whole nother topic, go talk to a teacher that you trust or an administrator or a counselor and ask them. What affect broken families? If they're honest, because you're going to find some that won't. You're going to find some that either through personal guilt or personal actions in their own life, they're not going to tell you. But if you find one that's really honest, they're going to tell you that the vast majority of the problems that we have in public schools today come from the breakdown of the family. Overwhelmingly, like like I'm not talking 50% or 60%, but more like, 95, 98 percent, 99 percent even. And what is Dewey saying here? He's saying that that was the goal of the communists, which I go back to this Anne Rind comment. I think she's the lady that wrote Atlas Shrugged. I've used this quote before. I might get a couple words off. But the bottom line is she said communism, socialism, Nazism, fascism. And I add in here leftism because it's just a modern version of those kind of all mixed up. They're all just different shades of the same monstrous evil. Here's another little excerpt from Dewey, Impressions of Soviet Russia. Our special concern here is with the role of the schools in building up forces and factors whose natural effect is to undermine the importance and uniqueness of family life. It is obvious to any observer that in every Western country, the increase of importance of public schools has been at least coincident with a relaxation of older family ties. What is going on in Russia appears to be a planned acceleration of this process. For example, the earliest section of the school system dealing with children from three to seven aims in the cities to keep children under its charge six, eight and ten hours per day. And in ultimate ideal, although far from present fact, this procedure is to be universal and compulsory. So, he's Dewey, who is the man, you got to remember this, folks. This is the man that's credited with being the architect, designer of modern public education in America. This is 100 years ago, and he goes to Russia, and he sits there and watches and learns And praises this system. There's a bunch of other quotes out there. He he absolutely loved this system. And what he's saying here is their job, I guess I got a little too close to the guineas for their liking. Their job was to undermine the importance and uniqueness of family life. They want to take students away from mom and dad and the church, which he says elsewhere if I get time for that quote. A- away from, well, I guess he already said it when we were talking about the ecclesiastical ties, the faith-based ties, away from God and family. That's the whole point of education, right? Our special concern is building up these forces. You gotta read in a little bit here, folks. Forces that are, that are evil forces and factors whose natural effect is to undermine the importance and uniqueness of family life. And then they want to keep children what? Younger and younger, six, eight, ten hours per day. And the ultimate ideal is to make this universal and compulsory, meaning you have to send your kids as young as, what does he say here, children from three to seven. So the aim here is to take these kids, which we've kind of already voluntarily done. You go back to the two income system and given our kids away at six weeks of age. We want to take these kids and put them in a school system. And if you don't think daycares are, right, you you think you've got a really good daycare. The daycare is still just like public schools are, folks. Monitored and governed by who? The state. Right. That's why you do see uh, this becoming more and more of a topic. The states where the state has a lot of control over homeschooling and the states where there is little to no control over homeschooling because if the government can step in just like they do with public education into private schools or homeschooling, then there's really not all that much difference. There is, there's still a huge difference, but y'all get what I'm saying. And what have we done folks over the last 50 years, we've made the school day longer and longer. And the kids, when they come to school, younger and younger. So, again, we're following what Dewey says. There's one little quote at the end of this page. Uh, These certain children, they've sent to these summer colonies, they were called, in which children from these all-day kindergarten, quote-unquote, schools, will spend a large part of the summer months. So not not only do they want the kids during the school year, they want them in the summer, too. And what have we done? Now, not just talking about the hours of school each day, but the length of the school year. We keep kids longer and longer and longer. We add on time. And you've got to think, folks, if we've been paying attention as a nation, that the COVID episode a couple of years ago really was eye opening for a lot of children, for sure. But I think for many parents now, whether they really want to follow through on that or not whether it's bad enough that they're willing to deal with a little discomfort. What we saw is how unnecessary so much of the school year was because the kids were at home and they're fine now. They're just fine. They didn't miss a beat. Lost a whole Some of these places, now some of these places where the kids went home and they didn't have anything at home, right? Now you're, you're going to get some people that are going to come back at you with this. Well, these kids fell behind, these young kids fell behind in elementary, and these kids like in Portland and other places that were out for a year and a half, they fell behind. Okay, all right, Roger. What did they go home to? What was their family life like? Was there anybody there at home with them, helping them, monitoring them, pushing them in their education? No, you got to ask the question and maybe there's going to be a few where the answer is, yeah, mom was there the whole time. Not very many folks. Then it all goes back again to what? The family, which I've taken all of this episode, so I'm going to wrap it up here. But the point here, there's a lot of other folks. We'll come back to Dewey and we'll compare Dewey with uh, Webster because that's just frighteningly stark. The point is, we got to get kids away from God, which we've done now in the United States for the last 80 years since separation of church and state, really, I guess, the last 60 years. And then you've got to get them away from the family. You've got to undermine the effect of dad. We have a ton of families in the United States now that are fatherless. And you've got to get them away from mom. Well, feminists said that you've got to go to work outside the home if you're going to be worth anything because you've got to be like a man. You can't be equally valuable as a woman, fulfilling a different role and responsibility. And then if anybody has the courage to say that, they're immediately attacked. So we're doing what Dewey laid out a 100 years ago. And again, this is the modern architect of American public education. And we're doing it. We're executing it. We're executing the plan that he went over to Soviet Russia and saw and liked and wanted to bring back here. And we can't figure out why our kids are doing worse, are failing the longer they're in school going back to Barton's comments and why so many of these kids are struggling so much because we've taken away the thing that made America strong, that made our families strong because our families make our country strong and that's God and mom and dad. I did not get anywhere near where I wanted to which I know is shocking to all of y'all that have listened to this podcast for any length of time so I apologize. We will come back to it. It's a great thing about doing these podcasts for just a little bit each day. We can always come back and hit topics and we need to muscle memory. God bless y'all folks. God bless your families. God bless America. Sure do enjoy our little walks. Thank you for joining me as always. We'll talk to y'all again real soon. Looking forward to it.